Hi, this is Varun Haran, Principal Correspondent with Information Security Media Group in Asia. I have with me Sajan Paul, who is the CTO for Juniper in India and Shark. And we are going to be discussing some of the developments in the last six months since we spoke to Sajan in the virtualized space and the virtualization of security assets. And he's also going to be commenting on how the landscape has shaped up in the same time period. Thank you, Sajan, for joining us. Thank you, Varun. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Pleasure is mine, Sajan. Sajan, uh, last time when we spoke, you made some broad predictions of what will happen in the six months. So what are the, some of the things that have changed in security in the last six months or so? Have you seen a lot of security technologies that mature, getting matured over a period of time? One of them, of course, is the virtualization concept in security. That has come a long way. The other thing that we see is a lot of intelligence is dispensed from the cloud because very little can be done within a box on the premises because we will not have an aerial view from the rest of the world. So a lot of intelligence moved into the cloud. That's another area. I think, I think the acceptability of such cloud-based threat intelligence is also... I would say we're not there yet, but we are seeing a good good momentum uh, in that area. And what I also see is a dire need for security for a virtualized environment. That's always a challenge because security device is always a very finite physical device which has a place in the network. But when the workloads are virtualized, we can't really predict how the traffic is flowing. So, or we call it micro-segmentation or, or micro-firewalls or whatever. I think that has come a long way and it has become a necessity. So I see a few changes in both in the architectural and on the threat intelligence side. So what can you tell me about security in these virtualized environments? What are the challenges that practitioners are facing when it comes to securing virtualized environments? I think it is very prominent when it comes to multi-tenant environments, which, of course, the cloud, the whole concept of cloud is that it's multi-tenant. Even within your own enterprise, you will see that multiple tenants within your enterprise are holding on to each other. What really is happening is when you create a virtual workload, and we would see that more than 70% of the workloads are nowadays virtualized, barring certain specific applications. How do you really secure them? And the workloads doesn't have a, a perimeter. We can't really go and say that this workload at this point in time is running in this server. Thereby, introducing a physical security element is impossible. So what really happened is that when you have a server storage and networking, you add another direction of security, another dimension of security to that. When you define a workload, the workload gets defined, the network gets configured, storage gets mounted, and the security policies for that workload is mounted as a single workflow. That's easier said than done because uh, it needs security uh, service chaining at the speed of a hypervisor creation or a virtual workload creation. So what it allows to the end user or to the tenant is that every workload has become secure. There is a horizontal security within the data center. Uh, we always had perimeter security which is not marked. When it leaves the data center perimeter or when it enters the data center perimeter, there is a perimeter security. The way it helps is, uh, I think we will discuss other things around malwares, how they are really spread in the horizontal domain. You don't expect a mal- malware which is penetrated into a tenant A affecting a tenant B uh, or even within tenant A all the systems get affected because normally all these malwares of any sort they try to propagate horizontally first before they really come alive. So here we are talking about you know lateral movement, horizontal movement like you said within virtualized environments. Yes. So one thing that we find with a lot of enterprises is the lack of visibility internally as to what is going on although yes. they have a lot of perimeter yes. security. Do you see a similar kind of challenge for virtualized environments as well? Certainly. Certainly. I think there are two challenges. One is, of course, lack of virtualized security solutions available. There were very entry-level solutions. But now we have reached a level, for example, Juniper has just released uh, VSRX, the virtual SRX. The recent announcement a few days back, you announced CSRX, which is a container-based SRX. That makes a lot of sense because in virtualized environments, typically what happens, there is multiple operating systems. Each VM could be running a separate operating system in container mechanism there will be only one operating system. That means it is a very lightweight virtualization technique, a Linux-based. 
and uh, it's it's almost come up a long way um, seamless movement across workloads and things like that so there's clearly a need for this you know? there is a, there is a need there is a need right. so but when you talk about visibility for example now you know you talk about threat intelligence and most organizations are looking at threat intelligence as being something external that they get yeah, from yeah. global feeds yeah. and you know vendors and things like that but what about threat intelligence internally within the environment especially in virtualized environment you have so many data points so much log yeah. so much information being collected internally what is your uh, recommendation to enterprises how can they make uh, best use of internal data points yeah actually security always have a steady state the static content static static policies so to speak then there is a dynamic policy the dynamic policy is always in the make we call it zero day threat protection and things like that because you don't know really what's the pattern attack is but there is a baseline and there's no major magic that we can do so there is a non set of checks and balances within the security devices for example a csrx or a vsrx or a, or a virtual asset there will be a set of static rules there is uh, we have an engine called app secure which will actually look into the application level signatures again static set an application every application has a software signature attached to it so we can actually identify what application but the the most important thing is the dynamical because when i'm not sure what need to be done for a, a traffic which might look okay but uh, maybe there is some anomaly attached to that where do i look up so you need to have a dynamic system whenever in doubt whether typically the malwares uh, or a, or a trojan or a program which is normally pitch riding over a legitimate program when it gets exploded it might do a collateral damage within the network instead can i really explode it somewhere a safe environment maybe in cloud can i get the application verified in the cloud and then bring it back and things like that? and i say cloud it could be public cloud or it could be your own cloud so sadhin you meet a lot of uh, people in the industry you have a lot of partners customers you meet indian enterprises yes. what is the kind of activity uh, that you're seeing what is the kind of threat landscape that actually exists on ground can you give me some idea what are the kind of attacks what challenges that they face from your point of view I think attacks are pretty much similar that when we since we last spoke but I think only the complexity and uh, the nuances of attack have increased uh, things like the ransomware things like uh, trojans zero day attack advanced persistent threats apts all these are have been there for many years but the objectives have become extremely clear that people attack for monetary gain that's the topmost purpose of any attack and there are a few attacks of non state actors like but again if you took it down there's money involved somewhere somebody is paid for to do this activity so that remains the same what we also seen is the best attacker or the best program to attack or accomplish an objective is if it can be done in a way that it doesn't leave any trace behind if you want to steal certain data let's say your account details or your personal details if a program can program a malware can do that and leave no trace of any information being lost then that's the best way to do it so we are also seeing that uh, open source malware are available today that means you can download open source malware and you can have your own extensions and that's a whole industry or we call the underworld uh, industry uh, working on for example the attack in uh, the banking system in in korea is black black soul uh, there are open source is available and we can actually people can develop extent and find new ways to 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 make it more stealth so we seeing that actually, i think uh, apart from that what we also seeing is the frequency of attack that is also in the rise so i think you know you said that the nuances have changed and the frequency has changed so basically it's scaled up also yeah. so you work in the sark region yeah. so how well do you think asian practitioners are equipped to deal with it or how well are they dealing with it a yeah, lot of i think a lot of recent attacks are because of i would say man made errors we have heard a few banking uh, compromises in in our neighboring country recently right. millions of dollars have been siphoned off 
and if you look deeper, I don't know whether the final conclusion is out, but we see that there are probably a lot of standard practices are not followed. So first of all, the system and practices have to be in place. Uh, at least you know that you have a system that practice, you do 10 things before anything is allowed or allowed to leave or allowed to enter. So at least those checks and balances, how strong are your doors, how strong are your check posts, that is, nobody can really assess until you this strong it should be, because the attack vectors are changing almost. So, so process, policy, maturity plus awareness. That is a given and a lot of the time we succumb in that, primarily because of sometimes business compulsions. I have to have a, a business, let's say the peak, uh, that's a peak season. My business has to scale and my security device is the is a real a real culprit. So there are instances where companies are asked to bypass that. I'm okay, I know the risk involved, but my business is more important than some of those things. Uh, I think that is one key area. The other thing is, uh, I think last time I spoke about coordinated threat intelligence. So what is needed is, uh, is actually an aerial prevention. There are many solutions available in the industry that at least a part of that has to come from the global threat intelligence. And, and also the capability to act upon those intelligence. You have great intelligence, but if you don't have the workforce to really, or the authority to empower somebody to act upon that, I think that is also very important. Now, last question, Sajan. Uh, we spoke about ransomware, we spoke about zero day and Trojans. Yeah. So, what are some recommendations that you can share that will help enterprises deal with these kind of challenges better? Yeah. So, uh, <coughs> what really happens is uh, most of the time the malware is look, uh, you know, it's not very dangerous. But most of the time, you don't even notice it. There is no change in performance in your network. Nobody has complained of any any software issues or your applications are performing to the way you wanted. So what, what, what really happens is that doesn't mean that everything is working fine. There is nothing called a peacetime in, in security domain. It's every day is a war. And uh, you have to really see, once the malware is inside, you are in a secure domain. How really that go around the network? And it may not even come alive maybe for two years, maybe for three years. That's the whole nature of advanced persistence. That coordinated threat intelligence... That is extremely important and most of the time it is available only through cloud-based mechanisms. So that means you need to convince, you need to build the checks and balances to ensure that what is the risk, is it, is it more risky to run a, uh, your cloud intelligence, your threat intelligence locally or is it more risky to, so you need to do a balance. No, I've seen that adoption rate is uh, pretty low, now, though many technology solutions are available. So do you see it rising in the future? It is, it is, because there are not many options. Right. Because the status quo will not save you. <laughs> you have to look beyond that. Thank you, Sajan, for speaking with us. Thank you, Varun. It is really a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure is fine, Sajan. That was Sajan Paul, CTO for India and Shark at Juniper. For ISMG Asia, this is Varun Haran. Thanks for listening.